This morning's inspiration for the sermon comes from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. Jesus appears to his disciples. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. And all good Methodists said, a little more enthusiasm, please. Also with you. That's the morning star I love and know. After he said this, he showed him his hands and his side. And when the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger in the wounds left by his nails, and put my hand in his side, I won't believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in a house, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand in my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus replied, Do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. And then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in his scroll. But these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and the believing, and you will have life in his name. The Word of God for the people of God. I have to say that uh, this part of the verse, in ver verse 30, signs that aren't recorded in the scroll. David, I think that's probably one of my most favorite things that's in the Bible. It makes me think. So when you get to writing a, a, a sermon, uh, well, let me back up a little bit and say a confession. You know, Travis Bennett was really good at sermon series and naming sermons like the series creatively. He was really good at it. Ross, not so good. Like Ross was really bad. And in my trying to help him of like trying to, to say that this is what we should call the sermon series or whatever, I would say maybe seven times out of 10, you know, Kathy would say, go back to the drawing board. Like, that's not good enough. You got to come back with another one. And so in uh, Friday's email, you got a little uh, picture of a woman holding a, a piece of cardboard and it said, what now? And as I was starting to finish, like putting the, the finishing touches on this and, and, you know, tweaking it and editing and whatnot, what now changed to now what? Okay, so it's a new sermon series starting today called Now What? The What Now Sermon Series, Steve, it, it got canceled. It's the Sunday after Easter. And here we sit together. 
We have just spent 40 days or more in this strange season of Lent that, that was started with a day called Ash Wednesday. That was the day after Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday, a season we start with trying to fit in as many of the deadly seasons since we can, especially gluttony, as we are to eat all the eggs, flour, and sugar we can. All this before we are to solemnly enter a season of stopping something that hinders us from being closer to the heart of God. Or we are starting something that brings us closer to the heart of God. Or for those of us who are more disciplined than others, we are continuing something that keeps us close to our Holy Spirit longings. Now what? Lent comes to an end on a Sunday we have, where we wave a bunch of palms in the air like we don't care. Because if we are honest with ourselves, we don't care too much after worship is over. We're more like our ancestors than we care to admit. We don't care by Thursday as we're scrambling around for Easter supplies. Just like those of times of yore who scrambled to find all of the supplies for the Passover dinner, the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, a distant, mis- a distant memory. Now what? Then there is Good Friday. And we sit and wonder now more than ever, having spent a strange year in a pandemic, what was so good about it? Knowing that the good doesn't become clear to us for some time much later. After some perspective is settled in, we struggle to lean into that. We struggle to lean into the pain of that, let alone all the other pains we feel inside of ourselves. Now what? Then there is Holy Saturday, or as I will call it from now on, Silent Saturday, the day when Jesus has entered into hell. I think most of us avoid to think what that was all about and what it was like. Now what? For some of us, for whatever reason, Easter comes early. Before the sun comes up, some of us find ourselves getting ready for the day. Some of us are laying in our beds trying to remember, even having done that at all. Others put our socks and shoes on in hopes to find ourselves around a group of folks waiting together to hear the news that he is risen. He is risen indeed. Now what? As we work to sort all of that out, we wrestle separately together as a church who is at a crossroads yet once again. Our pastor is leaving, and soon his picture will hang on the wall with all of those who have come and gone before him. Another pastor come and gone. What does that say about us? Now what? This job is amazing to me. To live life with you through all the different stages of life together. We are born and reborn. We grow and grow and grow and grow some more. We fall and some of us try to hide that only to be surprised that we are picked up by each other. We get up and we buy our first houses together. We give rides in our new cars. We celebrate our kids going off to kindergarten, 
second grade, sophomores in high school, freshmen in college. We get our first jobs together. We get fired, and before you know it, we get even better jobs, sometimes together. We move, we stay in touch, we lose touch, we get in touch again. We go through strange, scary things we don't even understand together. We even die and mourn and lose together. We do church together. We do life together. Now what? I say all that to remind you of who you are, of who you are and who we are together as Morning Star, together as friends who are more family, as a community who is connected and as followers of Christ together. Sarah and I made a commitment some 11, 12 years ago to join Morningstar as we were getting ready to come to church. Both of us, lifelong Methodist, we both remember looking at each other as we recognized the words that were coming out of John's Moore, John Moore's mouth during his sermon, and we quick, quickly realized John was leaving, and yet we stayed. I remember a sparsely populated worship service on a July 4th of 2009 when Travis started, but I don't remember the Sunday as vividly as to when he said that he had an opportunity to be closer to home and he decided to take it. I do remember his last Sunday here though. I remember Ross's first Sunday and when he said, golly, at how amazed he was that when he asked who wanted to get baptized, at how many raised their hands. And I must tell you guys that for the last year, and I don't know why, maybe it's because I've had all this time on my hands and the, and the space to pull things apart, Ross Gregory Whitaker, child of God, is the only person I know who uses the word golly. Go figure. We do church together, whether it is hearing the memories of Janet, Jeff, Kyle, Robin, the Jenkins of a dusty nursery on a dusty hill that may have had as a side hustle being a bar, or to hear the stories of those who called, went door to door to make what, to make what we called then and call now Morning Star Church. Hearing the stories that there was to be a church over there, to hear the stories of buying some land and moving the church over there, building a church, then adding on, adding on, then adding on, adding on, then adding on, and finally adding on some more. Everything is on wheels and is movable nothing here is sacred. There are no holy cows, and we know how to use the heck out of this space. We come and we go, just as the pastors before us have come and gone, all of us threaded together by having done life together in this space called Morningstar, a church. This place where we were taught by St. John the Moor that mercy triumphs over judgment and all of us are going to be surprised by who we are going to see in heaven 
We were taught by the artist Cowboy Travis that all means all. Let me say that again. All means all. That we come here together to work on our spiritual armor together. That together we can slay the Goliaths in our lives and that there's a place for you here together. In short, in four short years, we have come to do the thing with the son of and the grandson of miners, a true caveman, Ross. Learning participation over perfection, that it is more important just to participate and that perfection soon comes in that. This last year, we have learned to hold fast and in that live as slow as we thought humanly possible. And I think that more than ever in the last four years, we have embraced our true selves as followers of Jesus Christ, Son of God, God made flesh, God among us, that we are Easter people every day, and that we have to practice resurrection here and now and to not waste a second in doing so. Now what? We continue to be Morningstar Church, the name this church was given which just happens to be a United Methodist community that was here before most of us were even here, that is still here. It's literally right here. You guys are the church. This is a building. Let me say it again. You guys are a church. This is a building. Agreed? Amen. Amen. Now I lost my place. <laughs> it's literally right here. And it'll be here long after we have gone. As long as we continue to make a place for everyone. Doing the thing. Knowing that it will never be perfect. But we participate nonetheless. That we will hold fast and live slow together. Laughing and crying together. All the way and that we will practice resurrection together with our community and beyond, continuing to do church over there because that is in our DNA. We are the church over there, and we do church over there. I say all that to say that as we lament the loss of our rabbi, our teacher, and it's okay to lament, we must remember that he teaches us that there's a place for all of us here because it is better together when we do the thing together, that we will participate together, and in that imperfection, everything will be perfect, that we are to hold fast and live slow together. And just as he practiced resurrection in some dusty town, on some dusty hill, we must remember to continue to practice resurrection at this dusty church on this dusty hill. Christ behind us, Christ with us, Christ before us. It has always been about Christ, and it should always be about Christ. That's what, in the name of our Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen.